Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hey there, ladies and gents. Frank Flake here, founder of Ethical Property Partners. Welcome to the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. So I am recording this from the Solent, where I have chartered a yacht with my two boys, Forgive me if there's a bit of background noise. You might hear some clanging of uh, ropes and sailing paraphernalia, as well as a bit of wind in the background. But I think it all adds to the ambiance. Hopefully you can still hear me okay. This episode is all about lifestyle design. I've been sailing quite a lot the last few days. We're all quite brown and tanned and weather-beaten. Got lots of salt in our eyebrows. It's really brought it home to me that this summer I have designed my lifestyle probably better than I ever have before and that's probably evidenced by the fact that these podcasts are recorded in so many different locations I think my last but one one I think I did one two weeks ago that was on the river banks of a campsite and this one's from um, beautiful Chichester Marina actually lovely uh, countryside we're going exploring on foot today my oldest son wants to find a beach and spend the day on the beach which uh, will be lovely and it's made me realize that actually I'm 40 years old I've turned 40 in April this year this is one of my most enjoyable summers ever and that got me thinking why or what is it only halfway through it that has made this one of my most enjoyable summers and that's what I'm gonna unpick in this episode today because I could have done this any summer in fact And this is the exciting bit. I can do this any week, any month, any quarter moving forwards. If I only follow this procedure, if I only spend or invest enough time doing it. What have I done this summer that's different to other summers? Well, this summer I have separated from my ex-wife. For starters, I put far more time up front into planning the summer in as much as we sat down and we spent an hour or two she and I working out who would have the boys when so you have them this week I'll have them these two days you've got an event there so I'll have them I've got some training I'm doing with clients so you have them there and we split split up the whole week into chunks some of which were a week some of which were a couple of days depending on what suited us what suited the boys what they had on etc what holidays we had so that happened a few months before the summer started and I think that's the biggest difference I can remember the kids breaking up before now and not having plans not having plans for the summer perhaps oh we'll go to the beach house for that fortnight or that week but that was it or maybe we're going overseas for this 10 days but nothing else for the rest of the summer just like whole expanses of getting up spending a day and going to bed there's nothing wrong with that and in fact i think that's important sometimes but i think even that should be planned in and this isn't a podcast about planning but certainly that's where this started the foundation of this summer was in the planning i want to come on to some other aspects of it that have really made the difference for me as well so the first part was planning okay when am i with my partner uh, without kids and when am i with my kids now because my partner and I are relatively new together she's got a son I've got two boys we decided we wouldn't throw the boys together every day that I had them this summer we thought that'd be a bit of overload for all all three of them so a lot of the time when I've got the boys this summer I've 
decided to take them away. So I've got kind of time with my partner on my own, time with my partner and her son and my boys, the five of us together, and then time just me and my boys. So that split it up quite neatly. So I had a meeting with Vanda, my ex, and we worked out when I had the boys and when I didn't. Then I had a meeting with Paula, my current partner, and we worked out which of those three categories it would be and when. And then I could sit down a a couple of months before the summer and think, right, I've got the boys on my own for this week, or I'm with Paula and her son for this week, or um, the five of us are together for this time. What would, in a perfect world, we do? And that's where I started. Like, what would I do in a perfect world? Little Frank, my oldest, he wants to go back to Mexico. Desperately wants to go back to Mexico. Had an amazing month in Mexico last year. Nothing was off the table. I've I've not been to the Mauritius before. So I looked at, you know, would I like to go to Mauritius with the boys? Would I prefer to go to Mauritius just with Paula, etc. So nothing was off the table. What would I do if money was no object, if given the time I had and the people involved etc and that was a really liberating experience and so having given myself that freedom I then sat down and planned my summer so that was the foundation of working out okay so when have I got these different segments of time and with no inhibitions what would I do and so I looked at flying over to Bulgaria and visiting my dad. I looked at sailing. All three of us boys enjoy sailing. So that's why we're here at the moment in the Solent for Cow's Week. Amazing experience seeing all the beautiful yachts, etc. We have been wild camping together because that's what we fancy doing. I've spent some time on Menorca with Paula and her son. We've got some other stuff planned for later on in the summer and I've planned in work days. So when I'm working this summer, I'm working really solid days. I'm starting at six and finishing at perhaps eight, getting a real good chunk of work in. But I'm only working perhaps two days a week on average across the summer so that I can free up all this time to spend time with those I love doing what I want to do. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is financing it and I've put no constraints on myself in terms of what we do which might seem odd given you know that I've now got two households so you'd expect money to be tighter than usual because we're now living in two houses you've got two sets of bills etc etc but I've really taken the reins off and adopted Robert Kiyosaki's approach which is to ask himself and he teaches this in his books this is rich dad poor dad he teaches us to ask not can i afford it but how how can i pay for this when you ask yourself how it becomes a lot easier now i'm someone who instinctively wants to own stuff and i think it's from my training i think I have trained myself over years to not be interested in renting property because when you rent property at some point the landlord can take it back from you and your income stream ceases and of course you lose your capital appreciation there's no long term capital appreciation there so I've never been a fan of the rent to rent strategy for example rent to rent with an option to buy absolutely because then you control the asset permanently but rent to rent where the landlord can just take it back off you not interested that's a job for me so I've conditioned myself to owning stuff and it's interesting I've realized that I'm still conditioned for that with doodads 
and that's another Robert Kiyosaki word. Doodads are the opposite of assets. So Robert Kiyosaki says that an asset is something that puts money in your pocket every month. So a buy-to-let property that you rent out for a thousand pound a month, all your expenses come to seven hundred pounds a month. That puts three hundred pounds profit in your pocket every month. That is an asset. The fact that it goes up in value over time, that's an advantage, but it's an asset because it puts money in your pocket every month. A doodad, on the other hand, is something that is a luxury. It's not an asset and it costs you money. So it might enhance your lifestyle, but it is nice to have. So some examples of these a yacht for example i'm surrounded by doodads here i can see some beautiful million pound doodads <laughs> all around me but they are just toys i guess that's another word for doodads toys they are just toys in menorca i was looking at properties for me to stay in as a holiday home so looking at buying holiday homes and beautiful seafront properties manicured lawns and I can't help myself I was looking at prices of those etc but that would be a doodad for me it would cost me money it would take money out of my pocket every month and that's the definition of a doodad it takes money out of your pocket every month and one of the concepts that I've had to get my head around and I, I was on a course years ago early in my property journey i want to say 2008 and i went on an option course with a couple of guys it was an excellent course actually and the guy was there with his i think he had a lamborghini parked outside and people were like admiring this lamborghini he said in the course he said i don't own that and straight away my my respect for him went down right because it's a i don't know how much the lamborghini was a couple hundred grand i imagine i'm not a car person but plus we're going back 12 years 14 years he said i rent that and i thought oh what a waste of money he said that cost me two thousand pounds a month and i thought wow two thousand pounds a month you know that pay a few mortgages he said so what i do is i do a couple of these option deals it was a course on sandwich options he said, I do a couple of these option deals. It pays for my Lamborghini. And I thought to myself then, ha, ah, he's trying to sell, you know, how great options are so that people in the room can think, oh, I can get a Lamborghini next month. All I need to do is four sandwich options. And I kind of wrote it off. And now, and it's it's funny, and the, the, the guy that runs that course, I'm now friends with him. Uh, we're in a mastermind together, funnily enough. Um, now he has many supercars and he doesn't have to rent them anymore. He owns them. <laughs> he's done incredibly well he's uh, actually got a plc now inflated his company i've actually come full circle and have realized that that desire to own assets shouldn't and mustn't apply to owning doodads and so let's think about this my holiday in menorca yes it was an expensive holiday yes it was in a beautiful hotel yes the food was incredible etc but if i purchased a house that was mine there would be advantages and disadvantages i would either need to employ a chef to cook for me to have the same quality of food or i would have to go out supermarket shopping and cook for myself so there's a hassle factor there i would have to employ maids to clean or clean myself i would have to maintain the property when i wasn't there i would obviously pay for the property so the upfront purchase if you use lending the interest payments on the lending and capital repayments if you've gone for a capital loan there would be taxes involved in the property you'd have to 
ensure that it was secure and so there'd be security um, expenses etc so a lot of factors to consider with owning a holiday home for yourself compared to turning up at the hotel and there being somewhere to someone to greet you my son said this morning i've just radioed the uh, marina and asked to stay here an additional night you literally pick up the radio you press the button and you call the marina and they answer and i said we're scheduled to depart this morning we'd like to stay another night and that's because last night over dinner the boys and i decided we wanted to go exploring and find a beach and spend a day on land be land lovers for a day they were just there the marine were just there ready to answer our call to have that level of service costs a lot in your personal life it's there readily available in a hotel and so and i've talked about this previously so i won't labor the point buying properties overseas ties you to those properties ties you to those locations whereas you can have the flexibility of staying in different places and having five star service now of course for the week that you're there or the fortnight that you're there it's more expensive than a week in your own place. But over the course of a year, it can be a lot cheaper to rent rather than to buy. This yacht that I'm on at the moment, I don't know how much it would cost to buy. I imagine about £150,000. I have chartered this for five days in the height of summer. Now, I did negotiate it. I waited until the last minute, so I booked it about 48 hours before. I knew I wanted to come sailing, but I gambled. Or took an educated guess that some of the charter companies down in the Solent would have some vacancies. I also gambled that some people wouldn't want to sail during Cow's Week on the Isle of Wight because there's a lot of traffic around, lots of boats, it's quite busy, so you have to really be quite uh, a confident and competent sailor. And also, a lot of the marinas are very full, so you can't just turn up and say, Oh, can I moor for the night? You have to phone ahead and stuff. All stuff that I'm quite happy to accept and I love a bargain and so I got an amazing price on this I paid 1800 pounds for five days of chartering this yacht now obviously you have to sail it yourself <laughs> it doesn't come with a captain for that but that cost it would cost more than that to own this yacht for just one month just mooring this boat I reckon would cost 10,000 pounds a year down on the Solent in the marinas that we can use. For just £1,800, I've had my five days on this yacht. Next year, we're looking at chartering a yacht in Croatia and going and exploring Croatia. If I owned a yacht in the Solent, I couldn't go explore Croatia unless I was willing to give myself a month to sail there and a month to sail back. Some friends of mine are in the Greek islands currently sailing. And we said, oh, next year we should charter two yachts and we'll go sailing around the Greek islands together. You couldn't do that if you have a, a bit like the holiday home example. It's stuck in one place. The irony is a yacht moves, but it moves very slowly. <laughs> so you can't just decide to go Greece or Croatia or the Solent or Scotland or wherever you choose. We were chatting to a family, actually. I had a tricky manoeuvre to do. And so I asked the dad if he would pop on the boat to help me uh, with a two-handed uh, manoeuvre. It's a 38-foot yacht, so it's quite hard to do some things on your own because you can't hold a rope at the front <laughs> and be on the, the helm steering. So he jumped on and we got chatting and had a drink uh, together last night. And he and his family are, are here and they've done the opposite. They have bought a yacht and they come down to the same place every time. And they like the security of knowing where 
the shops are, knowing where the restaurant is, etc. And so there are advantages for sure, but you then have almost the obligation to spend your time at that place. And so one of the reasons I rent out my beach houses is so that I don't feel obliged to go there. I can book in to go there and I get all of those benefits of knowing where the restaurants are, having my own stuff there, etc. But I don't feel obliged. If I had a yacht down here, for example, I would feel obliged if I had time off to come down and spend time on the yacht to make use of it because it would be costing me X amount of money a week. And so coming back to my awesome summer, I've freed myself emotionally to spending money on renting doodads and so renting the hotel room, renting the yacht, etc. And it's really made a difference, really, really made a difference. My new house doesn't have a jacuzzi, but I love wallowing in water. My my old house had a, a jacuzzi and a pool and I really enjoyed, I, I miss not being in the water every day. And so we decided to hire a jacuzzi. 10 days hire of a jacuzzi nowhere near as expensive as you'd think but it gave me that feeling of luxury that feeling of wallowing in water i read in the jacuzzi i relax in the i take a cup of tea in the jacuzzi and just relax for half an hour i do phone calls in the jacuzzi if it's people who won't mind some bubbles in the background if i'm you know training team members etc i might do a, a call from the jacuzzi so that freedom to spend money on doodads renting them rather than buying them has really enhanced my experience this summer really really enhanced my experience this summer one of the reasons for that there were, there were two main reasons one of the reasons was it was my first summer with my boys on my own and i wanted to really spend some quality time with them i wanted them to have an amazing summer better than last summer for example and which is pretty hard to top because we spent nine weeks in Central America, but I wanted them to really finish the summer thinking that was amazing. We had some great time with our mum and we had some great times with my dad and we had some great times with our new blended family with uh, dad and Paula. So that was one of my objectives. But the other thing that increasingly I'm aware of is I know more and more people whom I am friends with who've passed away. And you kind of think of people passing away at 70, 65 is early, 75 is normal, 85 is a good innings. That's what I kind of have as a yardstick in my head. I've told my uh, boys I'm planning to live until 132. Hopefully I've got a, a lot, lot longer to go. Hopefully I'm not even uh, a third of the way there yet. But I know more people than I care to remember who are no longer with us. And some of them have passed younger than me, some of them have passed around my age, and some of them have passed a bit older than me. I used to be, my, my, my dad always said, you're a very serious young man, and I think I was, I think it was really intense. Some people probably say I still am now. I used to be really, really, really focused on long-term plans. So I would really be frugal in the moment in order to invest for the future. And I don't think like that anymore. There's a Chinese saying, live as though today was your last day and that you'd live for a hundred years. And it's really hard. That dichotomy of doing both is really hard. But the way I see it is, so long as I'm buying investments, so long as my net worth is going up, so long as my positive cash flow every month is increasing, 
I can spend as much as I want in the moment. So long as my health is improving, I can do whatever I want. Because some people read that to go, well, I can just get completely drunk every day or I can start doing cocaine or I can eat whatever junk and stop exercising. And no, that doesn't fit in. That doesn't fit in with the live for 100 years aspect of it. It's all in balance, isn't it? It's, it's having fun today whilst protecting your future, your health, your financial future, your, your planning for the future. That, interestingly, has contributed massively to this summer. My net worth has gone up massively this summer. My positive cash flow has gone up this summer. And I've spent possibly more than I ever have before. I'm not sure. It's going to be a close run with last year's Central America. <laughs> we spent quite a lot of money there. So for me is that mantra of put in the hard work you know I could I could take the whole summer off there is no doubt I could have the whole summer off and some of you might have thought cool only working two days a week that's amazing that'd be great and others of you might have thought hang on did he say six till eight twice a week that's a ton of hours that's 14 hours a day times two is 28 hours if I was in Frank's position, I wouldn't work that hard. And that's our personal choice, isn't it? It's our personal choice to decide what we're going to allocate, what of our resources, which of our resources we're going to allocate to the live as though you've only got today, and which of our resources we're going to allocate to live as though you're going to live for 100 years. I think a lot of people get that balance wrong. I think I've had that balance wrong a lot of the time. Would I want to continue indefinitely in this kind of a regime, two days on, five days off? It's quite attractive. I think I'd probably tweak it a bit, probably work a little bit more, but less intensively. So probably work less hours over more days, maybe a default of four short days and three days off, but incorporate into those short days, lunch with my friends, lunch with Paula, picking the kids up from school, dropping the kids off at school, going to the gym during the day, and then incorporate weeks and fortnights off where I'm on holiday. That's where I'm thinking now. And, and it has to be a conscious decision. If you do what I used to do and just wake up each morning with a to-do list, you just end up working the whole time, but not actually very productively. Knowing that I've only got 12 days work over the summer when the kids are off, I'm really, really focused on what I'm doing in those times. My PA fills my diary of meetings and I'm forever challenging her. Does that have to be an hour meeting? Can we make that half an hour? That person wants to talk. That's a 15-minute conversation. No longer. I've got an hour there. What, what what can you schedule for me in that hour? What's on my to-do list that needs to get done on that day? And by being that proactive, I'm getting important stuff done, zone activities done, important but non-urgent activities. And so that's how my business is continuing to grow whilst still investing in relationship with my boys' experiences for myself and and enjoying my summer and I think when you bring all those things together that level of awareness that level of planning that focus on work when you're working Brad Sugar says be a hundred percent working or a hundred percent playing don't kid yourself that you're doing both and you might say well you're doing that now Frank you're sailing in the the Solent with your kids but you're recording a podcast and actually I think to a certain extent you'd be right but in this moment 
I'm working, I'm 100% working. And I don't know if my editor Pete cut it out, but you might have heard me tell off my son just now because I've spoken to him. One of my sons is asleep. It's, it's quite early morning and one of my sons is up, Michael's up, and Michael's watching a movie downstairs with his uh, headphones on. And he started clapping and I could hear it really loud because we're on a yacht, right? I'm up on deck, but he's, he's down in the uh, saloon. And I went down and said, Michael, I'm on a podcast. I've told you for the next hour I'm recording a podcast. And oh, sorry, Dad, I forgot. He was like really enjoying his program. <laughs> In this moment, I'm working. The, the boys know that Dad does work sometimes, you know, it's part of it. And make sure that the balance is there. I have some holidays where I don't work at all, don't, don't even take my phone with me, and some holidays where I'm contactable. This holiday, I'm contactable. So I've had a phone call or two every day. I've not set my autoresponder, so my PA is picking up my emails and responding to those, getting the odd WhatsApp message from a JV partner. We're buying a portfolio at the moment, so I'm involved in that transaction, etc. So in this hour, I'm, I'm 100% working. But as soon as this podcast is done, that's me done for the day. We're then exploring and going to the beach. So I think Brad Sugars is right. What you mustn't do is pretend you've got a day on the beach, but then be taking calls and messages and getting stuff done and not actually being present. I think what Brad Sugars is talking about is being present in the moment. And I'm present with you guys in the moment. I'm recording this podcast on a topic that I'm passionate about. And then when I'm done, I'm 100% focused and 100% present in the moment with my kids on holiday. So guys, I hope this podcast has empowered you to do what Tim Ferriss really advocates in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and that is lifestyle design. He coined that phrase, lifestyle design. He talks a lot in The 4-Hour Workweek about mini-retirements, and I suppose this summer could class as a, a mini retirement by Tim Ferriss's standards. It certainly doesn't feel like that to me, but I am wherever I want to be in the world. My business is still growing. I have freedom of location. I have freedom of time. So perhaps it is a mini retirement. But the concept of lifestyle design, John Lennon says, doesn't he? Life is what happens when you're busy doing other things. I didn't plan that quote. I planned the other ones. I didn't plan that quote. So if I got that wrong, forgive me. Some John Lennon fans will correct me. But I'm sure he says life is what happens when you're busy doing other things. I want to say it's John Lennon. Imagine. That's, that's me on the hoof saying what that quote is. For, I, I, I'm going to have to Google it and check in a minute. <laughs> but regardless of who said it and if, if anyone did say it, life is what happy, happens when you're busy doing other things. I think that's what we have to fight against that's what we have to make sure doesn't happen we don't want to get to 55 65 75 and go ah if only there's a book amazing book had a massive impact on me i'm sure i've shared it with you guys before the five regrets of the dying and it's by a woman called bonnie can't remember her surname it's a yellow book Uh, might have a sunflower on it and she's worked as a palliative carer with many people who are are in their final months weeks days and not a single one of them says i wish i worked harder but a lot of them says i wish i'd invested more in relationships i wish i'd gone and invested in experiences none of them say i wish i had more houses i wish i bought more houses they might say i wish i was braver or i wish i'd be more ambitious but never 
I wish I had more stuff and I wish I'd worked harder. I wish I'd spent more time in the office. None of them ever said that. And that's because they got busy doing stuff that was imposed on them. They got busy doing the stuff that was in front of them rather than doing the stuff that was important to them. And so I hope that this podcast has inspired you to work out what's important to you, to take control of your time, take control of how you're investing these weeks and months we have on this planet to not be limited not be limited by the living a hundred years concept but to recognize that today might be our last it literally might be our last and wouldn't it be a shame if you uh, hadn't spent the last day the last week the last month the last quarter the last year doing an appropriate amount of stuff that you want to do guys i hope that's been motivational to you i hope it's been inspiring i know it's not much about property but at the end of the day there's no point having loads of properties if we're not enjoying it and if we're not in balance and if we're not in balance then success will forever evade us until next time happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment